So the more we know about communication, and particularly the silent communication right now that I want to discuss, the better able we are to get our message across, and then, which the result is, I hope, which is part of my purpose in life, that librarians everywhere are regarded as indispensable and vital leaders in their school communities. Hello, friends, and welcome to season four of the Future Ready Librarian podcast series, Leading from the Library. This is a podcast for all librarians, wherever you are in your journey. It is filled with amazing guests, important topics, and engaging conversations that will inspire, engage, and support all of us as future ready librarians. I am your host, Shannon McClintock Miller. I'm the district teacher librarian at Van Meter Community School in Van Meter, Iowa, and I also serve as the Future Ready Librarian spokesperson. I have the pleasure of working within my library and school community and also with others around the country and world through, through Future Ready Librarian events, conferences, consulting, writing, and more. I'm very honored to bring these voices and the work of others to our podcast and to all of you. Today, I am so excited. We've been trying to plan this for a few weeks now, and I'm really excited to invite my friend Hilda to the show. So welcome, Hilda. Welcome, Shannon. Yes, I'm so glad. I I haven't seen you for a few years, and I'm really happy that you are joining us, and I can't wait just to talk about the things that you want to talk about today, but let's start by having you introduce yourself. Well, in some ways, I am a dinosaur. I have been, I first became a school librarian, was temporary, uh, in 1962, when I graduated from college and got my first job. I was supposed to be a high school English teacher and I got the job. There was an interim with Army, Vietnam War and stuff. But mm -hmm. when my children were born, I went back to work. I got a job eventually um, as an elementary librarian uh, in a district not so far and from me. After about 11 years in that, I moved up to the high school and I moved around. But each time I learned a whole lot, but I have seen so much. I have seen the tech revolution. When I started, in, after my kids were born, I was still using film strips that we had to play a cassette with to accompany a film strip. Overhead projectors were the high tech of the day. So much has changed. But as I mentioned when we were having a little pre-talk, what has never changed over the years is people. Yeah. I also used to do a newsletter, the School Librarians Workshop, with my very dear friend, Ruth Tour. We wrote many books together, and the School Librarians Workshop used to come out originally uh, 10 months a year. And it was really designed to help librarians on the job. Interestingly, if you go back and look at them, they're complaining about teachers don't want to collaborate with them. They're complaining about the principals not knowing. They're complaining about the budget. Nothing has changed yes. in some ways. 
That's right. Those are still things that we all as librarians that we struggle with sometimes that we all aspire to be the best that we can right within our schools. And I love Hilda, when we were talking before and just planning the podcast, how your title that you gave me is silent messages speak volumes. And I love what you wrote. I have had great conversations with you in the past. And so I can't wait for you just to share those thoughts with everyone today and our listeners, because I think especially now as we kind of come to the end of our school year and we wrap up a somewhat challenging year for a lot of people, I think this message is just even more important than ever. Well, I will start out by saying, and this is part of a new book I have, should be coming out around October from Libraries Unlimited called The Art of Communication. And this is just one chapter, but silent communication can be our downfall. Mm -hmm. Communication is going on all the time. We think about the fact that, oh yes, it has exploded. And when we say that, we're thinking about social media uh, and stuff that have come in and the way we use the phones in the way that we never did to communicate, but that's not it. Communication, our brains are processing information all the time. We're taking it in, making judgments and reacting to it. And because of that, we're doing it Our survival is dependent on it, but sometimes we're working against ourselves. So the more we know about communication and particularly the silent communication right now that I want to discuss, the better able we are to get our message across and then, which the result is, I hope, which is part of my purpose in life that librarians everywhere are regarded as indispensable and vital leaders in their school communities. I think that's wonderful. Yes, that is so, so very true. So let me start out with a couple of basics that everybody knows. Communications in its simplest form has three parts. There is a sender, there's the message, and there's the receiver. Very simple. Think about the game of telephone you may have played as a child. Soon as something goes wrong with one of those things, there is what is known as static in the line and the message doesn't get through. And they're all different ways and the other chapters in the book discuss some of those things that prevent your message from getting through. And heaven knows we have been fighting obviously for decades, to get our message through to the various stakeholders we are trying to support the library. So what do we need to know? Communication um, occurs at many levels simultaneously. When um, Much of our important communication um, happens, as I say, below our conscious level. Sometimes we're conscious of it, and uh, sometimes we are not. And it is in these silent communications 
that our message, as I said, could be accepted or rejected. So we send the silent messages lots of ways. The most obvious is body language. But body language has so many parts to it. Because there's the face, even with the masks, you can still see, I look concerned. You can see me being happy. You're reading that. And you're making a judgment about me. Now, there's two pieces here also. When you know who I am, it's very free and easy. When you have just met me, it's different. You're making judgments. You're assessing friend, foe. Will I like this person? And many of those, as we know, because we know a lot now about um, inherent bias, that we're making assumptions that are so far from true. I have made many over the years. I'll give you a simple example. I was working in an elementary library. And in those days, I had lots of volunteers. And this woman came into the library, sort of chunky, doughy, I almost would say. You know, um, she didn't wear much makeup or any makeup. She spoke um, sort of slovenly. And I was very kind to her, but I assumed she was sort of mentally slow. It took a very short time, but I discovered she was quite intelligent. She didn't have all the degrees I had, but she was very intelligent degrees have nothing to do with intelligence. And she was became my chief volunteer. She organized everything, which was the best person I ever had. We do these things all the time. The other time, to give you an example of when we have trouble, and this is when other people are reading our silent messages. A class is coming in. You know them well. They are always trouble. <laughs> you have to be on your guard the whole time in order to stay in control. Now, in my opinion, as soon as you're thinking control, you've lost. Management is one thing. Control is another. Control is fear. And... The kids can read it, but how do they read it? They read it in your body language, first of all, because as soon as you see them coming, there's a way that your body stiffens. As you greet them in your very best teacher voice, <laughs> look what you were getting from me just then. Mm -hmm. It wasn't real. They know it. And they know why. Because you see, they know their reputation. And it all goes downhill from there. Now, we talk about mindset. It is very effective. 
you have to figure out before they come in what you want to think about them. And it has to be something you can believe where it won't come off. And it has to be something you can present to them. And what you can think, for example, is we are going to find a way for you to find something interesting in the library. Mm -hmm. Now that changes it. So yeah, when they walk in, you can say to some kid, the kid who's walking in, I like that t-shirt. Is that something you like to do in your spare time? Because it's something that's a message is on it. Start talking because true communication Successful communication starts with seeing people. We don't truly see them. We don't read them really correctly. We are making judgments. So you need to be open and look for ways to see them for who they are. My personal private triumph was at an AASL conference. And I was standing by the ALA store getting ready to go down to see the opening keynote speaker. And I was just waving at some people and thinking about things. And this man walked by. And he was wearing, well, he had a headband. This is what I was mostly attracted to, a headband. And from his head came these huge numbers of dreadlocks. And he was also wearing white pants and a white tunic top. And I think there were a lot of beads. But I was looking at the dreadlocks because I look at hair everywhere because my hair is thinning a lot. I say I have see-through hair. And so as he walked by, I said, I love your hair. And he stopped. And he started talking to me and I started talking back. And we had this engaging conversation about what's happening in libraries today, what has changed and what has never changed. And he said, you have to excuse me, I have to get downstairs. I said, so do I, I'm going to the keynote. And so we walked down, you know, we took the escalator downstairs together and he disappeared and I went into the room. And uh, I have to forgive you, my Lawn services out there. They'll but, cut it out. They'll, they'll <laughs> cut it out. Okay. And as we um, started, uh, as it was, I sat down with friends and out came a speaker and everything was fine. Turned out he wasn't the speaker. He brought in the other speaker. But that was the man I saw who then stripped everything off. And what he said was, when he goes to conferences, he has lots of experiences that say, well, he doesn't belong. Librarians were very friendly, but they asked if they could help find something. And what they were saying was, you don't be belong here. And we don't realize we do that. Speak to people as people. And now we have a phone uh, and it makes a difference. Uh, my grandfather, who was a rabbi, said, the world is like a mirror. Smile at it and it will smile back. 
That is so true, isn't it? <laughs> I can see, you know, we make judgments. We see people's faces. When you see a smiling face, you react differently than you do when you see a negative, you know, a frowny type face. But that too carries a message. When it's a friend of yours and you see them walking, you know, like this, you're going to stop and ask them, is everything okay? And that's part of being human and reaching out. We are so busy, we don't take the time to see people. I also want to address something very important in all of this. How you send your message is silent. How you address your principal, how you address anybody else in a in authority, how you present yourself there. Mm -hmm. They're all reading your body language. They're reading your tone of voice, which is what happens with the class. You know, as a parent, you could say, um, don't take that tone of voice with me. And you've started a com confrontation. It's with students the same way. It's, but the body language has accompanied it. Um, we use, our hands are very important to us as part of the, the silent communication. We do some of that intentionally. You know, we give directions this way. You know, if I'm crossing a street and I think it's okay for the car to come, I can wave at the car. We know what that means. You know what that means. But we also don't always notice when we are wringing our hands. We don't always mm -hmm. notice when we're doing other things that are sending messages. And the more aware you are, particularly with the important messages as to how you are saying it, who is receiving it, and what they are doing about it. One other thing to re realize, another form of static can come in this, with people say, for example, on the autism scale, and sometimes other people are very, very bad. You know, we talk about emotional intelligence. And some people are very bad, for example, at perceiving emotions, which mm -hmm. is a lot of what this is about. I had a principal once who was horrid about this. And he came into a room, you know, I was hanging out with uh, two, two other teachers uh, and one of them had her legs crossed, her arms were like this, and she was shaking, the, the foot that was crossed over her knee was going up and back furiously. He walked in and said to her, look, when you get free, I need you to, and she exploded. And he turns around and he said, what did I say? He couldn't read body language. Mm -hmm. He missed it. Now, that's an extreme example. But it's important, yes. And lest we forget, there is the look of our facilities. It sends messages, all kinds of messages. Most extreme example, I was doing a consulting project for one school district. So it was during the summer. And they took me to visit the libraries. And I walked into one. It was, well, as all school libraries are in the summer, absolutely neat and clean. 
And on the wall, there was a sign. It said, no loud talking, no pushing, no, a, a whole list of no's. I wanted to walk out. I didn't have to meet the librarian to know what that school was like for the kids. Did you change it? Did you give them- I, I mentioned it, we had a conversation, but there's a limit to what people recognize. When I'm teaching, I tell my students, first of all, I don't like rules, I like guidelines. And the next thing is state it positively. And that doesn't mean positively no talking. I agree with that. That that sets the whole tone for not just your library, but your community in general. You know, that's it's so important to and even to make up those guidelines or those expectations together with your kids. Marvelous. Mm -hmm. Student voice is always important, silent mm -hmm. or not. <laughs> it's rarely silent with the students. Uh, the other thing is to walk into your library pretending it's the first time you're walking in. Mm -hmm. What are you seeing? I was in a li one library that I started in. It was really a lovely library. It had great windows, great exposure. But when I walked in, all I could see was straight back where the fiction section ended uh, on the top shelf, there were old shelves stored up there. That was the first thing I saw. I know the librarian who had been there before had stopped seeing it. Yeah. We stopped seeing the things that are in our faces every day. And the next thing, of course, in this library is, I said student voices. Where is the student voice showing in your library? Mm -hmm. Do your bulletin boards have them engage with them posting things? Have you ever asked them to do a display? And of course, are your displays inclusive, truly inclusive? I We talk a lot about EDI, you know, equity, diversity, and inclusion. And I want to take it to still another level, and that is belonging. Mm -hmm. Because inclusion may mean you have a seat at the table, but belonging means you trust that your voice will be heard. You're comfortable there. Think of you when you're with your own family, you know, the people you love. It's different. You can say something and it's not going to be taken. Oh, that's the way she always is. It's important. It is important. Yeah. And you can't remember and do all these things all the time. As I said, the communication stuff is flowing into you constantly. But there are many times when it's super important. And if you start tuning in on occasion during the day, watch how you are to get an idea of how you are. When you're greeting somebody in the morning, did you see them? Or did you just wave hello? Just start noticing a little bit 
And then notice how you are in some of the important ones. Mm-hmm. It'll stretch out and become more natural to you. So what do you think, Shannon? I think this is all such great advice. And again, just so timely. Like it's something that we all, you know, I go to school every day and I always try to think about that. Like not just saying hi, but asking people like how they are and noticing things. And especially when it comes to talking to the kids and they can tell, like you said, I mean, it is something that they know that you are excited to be there. They know that you love having them in the library. When I go into collaborating classrooms, like just to see how happy they are, you know, like that's the most important part of my job is that like feeling that they belong, feeling like they matter and also that they are heard every day. And so I just appreciate your message to everyone and all your knowledge because I think the experience that you have and also the wisdom of, you know, talking about relationships and what that matters is exactly what we all need. And it's a good thing too to reflect on as we do spend these summer months, as we kind of regroup and refresh and take a little break for ourselves, just to remember as we go back then into the fall of the things that are really important. So I'm so glad that you joined me today and that you shared these messages. I want to add one thing. Yeah. Teachers, as we mentioned, as we were preparing to get this going, uh, we, we tend to complain they don't want to collaborate with us. And they have good reasons for that. They're very busy. They're stressed out. Yes, we are, but everybody is. But people collaborate with you when you're in a relationship with them. If I ask you to do something, if I ask some, if somebody asked me to do something, I could legitimately say most of the time, I'd love to, but I'm really up to here. There's just too much on my plate. Yet if someone else asked me that, depending on the level of our friendship, I'd figure out a way to make it happen. Same thing goes for you with the teacher. So what makes the difference? The difference is when you have a relationship, you are more willing to get collaboration, which is why I keep saying we're in the relationship business. If we're not, we're out of business. And the building of relationship begins with communication, building the trust by caring, and by seeing them as people. Yes, that's so true. Well, and I always say that's one thing that I share with people a lot is I hardly ever say, the only way I would say no is if I just simply am not gonna be there and can't do it. But even then I find a way and I always find a way to say yes. And what that's done over the years is has formed not only relationships with the people that I've already had, but with others that maybe I didn't have or friendships and that whole mindset of yes. And even if sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, you turn around and think, how am I going to do this? You get it done because it is important and it sets the tone for other things that happen. 
And so that is just, it's something really to remember. And it it speaks volumes, I think, of us as librarians when we can have that positive attitude and work together. (laughs) I've always said that one of our job requirements is to have a good relationship, Mm -hmm. professional relationship at least, with everyone in the building. Yes. It's so true. A teacher can close the door and not talk to anyone or have blood matches or whatever, but we can't. Yes, we have to be. And that's one thing I really love about our jobs, right? Is that we, and I think we have a lot of ways too, that we can be that positive influence on others that we can bring to the building, not just our skills as librarians, but just as like people that can work with others that can work with anybody and be accepting of all. And so it's something that we, you know, do a really good job as librarians. And so I want you to tell people what the name of your book is again. And when it comes out, just to remind us, I'm going to write this down too. I'm having trouble remembering it too, because it keeps changing it. The, art, it the, the thing that's not changing is the art of communication. That's the subtitle that changes. Well, uh, I can't even wait for this. It's building leadership, advocacy, and relationships. Wonderful. Well, we'll put that in the notes. And also, can you tell people where they can find you online? Oh, because well, you have a special couple of places. Facebook. You have a special I am on Twitter. Yeah, I'm on Twitter uh, at at Hilda KW. I am on Facebook. I have my school librarians workshop, which came out of the original publication I used to do with Ruth Tour as a um, as a group, which now has over 14,000 members. And I also have a and I blog on Hilda K Hilda K Weisberg.com. Weisberg is spelled W-E-I-S-B-U-R-G. A lot of people misspell it. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, your Facebook group, I love it. The (laughs) School Librarians Workshop. It's so good. So everybody has to join and and please feel free to connect with Hilda because she always has so many amazing (laughs) things to share. So thank you so much for joining us today. And we just really appreciate it. Everyone will be able to find Hilda's information attached to this podcast, along with resources and a certificate of professional development that you can download and fill out to use. As always, thank you to all of our listeners for joining us for this episode of the Future Ready Librarian podcast series, Leading from the Library. And a very special thank you to our sponsors, Follett. You make a difference in our library schools and within our lives and that of our students every day. We appreciate everything that you do. I hope that you take what you learned in today's podcast and put it to use within your practice as a future-ready librarian. Until next time, friends, keep finding ways to lead within and from your library. Thank you.